Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. It's totally a sellout movie. Oh. You can't, you can't uh, follow up the the fart of a wildebeest with the fart of a penguin. Can you buy the CD at Starbucks? That's how you know. Remember when yeah, they used right. to sell that? Sell yeah, CDs at Starbucks. Oh, I used to love that. Me too. Or at least the little the card where you get the free song. It was great because you always could. I don't know. You don't have to like the song. We've been recording for a little while. Have we? And we did miss any sort of threats that we had made towards Rob because I did not record the threats towards Rob. Well, but. let's do it this way. Uh, watch your back, Rob. <laughs> yeah. And your front. <laughs> your, your, not just your, your parts. Not just your six and your twelve, but the whole clock, buddy. <laughs> You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 221, side A. is the Give Me Five podcast. So what we do, we, we try to entertain you people out there. <laughs> emphasis on try. <laughs> and uh, less try. emphasis on you people. <laughs> Maybe more you person. But either way, we do that by reviewing stuff that you may or may not have watched or may or may, may not want to watch. Uh, this could be books. could be streaming stuff. could be movies. What else? could be... Uh, we could re- we even review Florida people, mm-hmm. like and let's be honest, the Florida people never review well. There, there's very few Florida people that are like let, let's the only like we're not born in Florida, but our other host who's currently not here is born in Florida, and he's about the best that Florida has ever provided, and that's saying something. <laughs> not much, but saying something. So I can't tell if that was <laughs> an insult to him or. I I don't really. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping he can't either. <laughs> hey, we review very, very a bunch well of stuff. <laughs> we talk about entertainment news. We you know we have fun. Uh, my name is Yukon Cornelius, and I am joined by Hermie the Power Bottom. Finally, a name that befits my <laughs> my myself. That my is uh, a. That is a past episode reference, actually. I don't know if you were... You weren't here for that episode yet. Okay. I, I don't believe that that was a year ago, <laughs> though it, that is a reference to the, uh, the little Hermie elf and a text that was sent to me by by a friend that had him dressed in bondage gear, and it somehow ended up in an episode. But. Got it. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of stuff, uh, and it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be good. I think uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about is uh, 8-Bit Christmas, which is a uh, Christmas movie on uh, Netflix. Uh, no, I'm sorry. H- I think it's HBO Max. Now that I think of it. Uh, and, ooh, I'm excited about this. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 15, or at least the beginning of season 15. Is the current season correct or not? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, yeah. They're right in the middle of the season as we speak. Yes. Uh, last week we talked a little, little bit about Always Sunny, and I went and checked. I am, I am in the middle of season six. Okay. 
You have a lot of shenanigans to go. I have a lot of shenanigans. I am that is the epi- that is the season with a lovely Christmas episode though, as well as the. Uh, uh, it's just it's just a fun episode. I actually was watching some of it today. Wait, which Christmas episode? Uh, the the one with the Lamborghini. Okay, that was got it. Yeah, that's a good one. So, well, um, I mean, we're gonna. You know, we're going to review things. Inevitably, when you review things, you spoil things. So, uh, you've been warned. We're not spoiling necessarily on purpose just to be, you know, jerks or whatever. It's just that we're talking about stuff. Um, We are always careful to not reveal, like, massive plot twists or anything like that. Um, Although sometimes we do get a little bit, maybe a little more information out there than we should, but it doesn't happen all the time. So if we're talking about something that you haven't seen yet or read yet or listened to yet or whatever, um, use your discretion. And by the way, if there is a spoiler coming, we try to like give a quick warning, but it's pretty quick. So you might, <laughs> by the time you get to the pause button or whatever, yeah, you, we might have spoiled it by then. But yeah, but if it, if it would ruin your enjoyment of it, we tend to leave it out. <clears throat> Unless it's a twist that's so ludicrous that it has to be discussed. Correct. So. Yeah. I'm going to talk about some news. Mm-hmm. Now. And it's sad news, actually. Mm. Um, there is a comic book artist named George Perez. And you, you are a layperson, correct, Omar, when it comes to comics. You've said this many times. Yes. On there. Uh, have you ever seen a relatively famous drawing of Superman where he's like in anguish holding he's like standing in the middle of a page of, of the art where he's holding supergirl who's like dead in his arms i believe so is he all like it's, shredded up is, is his, yeah. his 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 costume is also like ripped i up believe and, so yeah and he's holding supergirl in his arms and she's like dead and her hair is kind of like falling in front of his face and he's like oh, like i think, I think so. so i think he's in anguish if i remember correctly okay. well George Perez is the person that drew that, and that is actually a that's a very famous cover. It's been mimicked many times in in movies, in other comics, in books, that kind of thing. <clears throat> but um, George Perez is when I say that he drew that, that's an understatement because if there was a comic series in the seventies, eighties, nineties, even early two thousands that had a gajillion characters in it, like a just every possible character you can think of, he likely drew it because he was known for not only drawing massive battle scenes, like multi-page battle scenes, but team books, um, as well as just very intricate th- scenery. And somehow he was able to do it with, without, without anything getting lost in the translation. Uh, he drew some of the comic book for the Infinity Gauntlet if that back in the, the 90s. If that makes sense, like you've seen you guys out there that haven't read the comics understand what the Infinity Gauntlet is and how many characters were involved in it. Um, well, we'll talk, I'm gonna talk about his work in a second, but he and he retired not too long ago and then he announced that he has, um, he is in stage three pancreatic cancer the other day, um, and has about six months to a year to live. Uh, I have, which is extraordinarily sad. Because he is as good of a person as you could ever meet. Uh, I've met him multiple times. I don't know if he remembered me, but he treated me like an old friend, which I'm pretty sure was kind of what he was known for. Uh, He was well known for uh, 
being at the shows, he always wore uh, Hawaiian shirts. And the cool the cool thing was is every shirt that he ever wore at these big conventions, these beautiful, colorful, cute shirts, uh, his wife sewed them. He had a very close family life. He retired to be to spend more time with them. And obviously, after this uh, diagnosis, he is, you know, he said basically that he was worried about the fans and he wanted one last opportunity to sign things for the fans, even though it was kind of it, he only has very little amount of time left. Uh, I know for a fact it's really not my story to tell. I know for a fact that there that he helped a friend of mine by basically tirelessly critiquing some of his art uh, at at a show, and hmm. you know this was someone that was just getting started. Uh, and I remember, and I was there, and you know me, I was shocked that with this line forming that he was giving advice to you know someone like a just a person that came up in front of him so it was it's little things like that um i just some of the stuff he drew and i i don't know how many people out there are comics people but he helped dc form the titans team like it was a new way of seeing robin back in the the 70s and 80s um he drew some Fantastic Four stuff, Avengers, Justice League of America. I made like a quick Gibby Five list just to, for people that might want to check out his stuff and maybe maybe support it because it is some of the best comics work of the 80s and 90s. Uh, he did a series called – these are my uh, uh, honorable mentions. He did uh, Hulk, Future Imperfect, which was a, a little more of a – it was a 90s book where like basically the Hulk had uh, – uh, sort of he became a character named the maestro and in the future he was smart and strong so he kind of killed everybody all the superheroes and basically took over um and he drew certain pages like it's only an honorable mention because he drew like certain pages like and he drew pages of these like of the hulk's like trophy room which had like you know captain america shield broken in it and all like Magneto's helmet and Wolverine's skeleton and all these like things. And you could just sit there for hours looking at these like museums of like all these, the fallen superheroes and supervillain stuff. Um, so there's that, that would be my honorable mention with, and the Avengers series of the seventies. Cause that was where he was kind of finding himself. But um, if you want to really get deep into his work, um, I would say infinity gauntlet would be number five. He didn't do all of the work. A guy named Ron Lim did some of the other stuff. He was known for like uh, drawing, uh, what's it called? Uh, cosmic type stuff, like uh, Silver Surfer kind of drawings. Uh, Justice League of America was also, you know, one of his big things where he really kind of brought back the Justice League to prominence. That would be number four. Uh, New Teen Titans basically saved the DC Universe. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, that's where that drawing came from. The Superman holding Supergirl drawing. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, I've seen that. That was picture. the one that you've seen. It. Yeah. Yeah. So Crisis on Infinite Earth, that is where that is basically where the I so if you guys don't know comics history, DC Comics was an amalgamation of a bunch of different other comics companies that kind of came together, but it made it so stuff didn't make sense. Cuz you had two flashes and uh Superman had different power sets because it would change every time in the thirties and forties because it wasn't expected to like continue. It was just an advertisement thing. So crisis on infinite earth basically was the time where they said, okay, look, we're going to say that all of these characters exist on different universes. 
and they the universes start merging and we're basically going to use that to take the best things out of all of the universe and put them in one universe and they've carried that over to the tv shows it's you know that's even referenced in marvel and that was a dc comic so that would be my number two uh, number one jla avengers this is the opportunity he had to draw every single justice league character and every single avengers character all in the same book i'm shocked that that even happened based on the history of those two companies but even some of the covers with all of these characters there was these beautiful glossy covers that would open up all the way uh, i still very distinctly remember sitting in a hotel room in orlando actually before i moved here reading that book and being just astonished at how good that the cover was so um that's a hell of a crossover yeah um led to some really really cool stuff i gotta read that i gotta read some of those again i have i still have them somewhere but just wanted to send a shout out to a good person and i'm i'm my he's still alive but you know he's taking the end of his life with a smile and i feel awful for his wife who's been by his side it you know forever basically so, sending love and thoughts to George Perez. Really interesting. That's heavy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you have any news? Something more lively? I, <laughs> no. Like, like anything good happen at all? I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are both doing well. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I got an extra cheeseburger in my Happy Meal yeah. today? Like... <laughs> um, no, I don't really have any any extra, any extra news. I, I've been focused on this uh, Always Sunny thing and uh-huh. trying to get some stuff out with reading. I haven't really been paying attention because hmm. I want to go over some books Excellent. with uh, our lovely, lovely listeners. So Excellent. I want to finish those, so I'm jamming that out. Gotcha. Uh, I do have one little bit of news for the, as you know, because you are in the patron-only chat. I am indeed. Uh, we have that little toy room. So as you, as people know, uh, me and Rob tend to collect toys. I'm currently standing in a room, really the only, I'm like a hoarder. I, I can only move <laughs> one foot to my left or backwards without crushing a toy. Uh, the G.I. Joe Sky Striker that they did a HasLab for, which is Hasbro's way of um, basically selling higher-end toys by having you kind of crowdfund them. And it, some people call bullshit on that because it is a major, major company. But I'm happy with the Sky Striker because it was a toy that I used to run around with in my backyard, and they released it again. And the HasLab, it, was, it ran for, I don't know, 45 days or like mid-October. Uh, it got funded. Uh, it got... So I'm very excited about that. I will have it has. It's funny because it gets funded and then you like I bid on it. It was like 220 bucks or something or 240 bucks. I don't know. It was probably more expensive than I should have paid. But you get all excited that it like finalizes, but it they don't charge your credit card until it finalizes. So it's like, yay. And then you like get that little notification on your phone like your MasterCard has just been charged for 240 bucks. Bruh. Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> but I will have a Sky Striker. In my house again, for the first time in a very long time. I still have no idea where mine went. That, of course, the ones that we had back in the day. Oh my god, I wish. Yeah, uh, it's cool because it got to a funding point where you actually get extra characters. Uh, one of which is uh, it comes with the the pilot, but it also comes with, if you remember from the cartoon, Scarlet would also fly it, and she had a blue like flight suit, 
So they're making that as what, like, it got funded to make her, and it also is going to come with a, uh, a paratrooper. Uh, Ripcord, I think, is the, the character. So Very cool. It's going to be awesome, and it's going to be visible behind me whenever I'm recording this podcast. Um, there's some cool stuff in, in Rob and Greg's Toy Kingdom. There's uh, recently Rob put in the Princess Bride figures, which look awesome. Yes. And um, you, and this was awesome. This blew my mind. The zombie Pearl Jams from yeah from zombie Pearl Jam pops from the from Pop. They are awesome. I want that so bad. <laughs> it was a that was a limited edition thing from I'm being sure. in the fan club. <laughs> I'm sure it was very limited. And I had just bought the other one, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I've got the perfect space for it. And then they released the zombie repaints that I had to get, and I'm like, shit, I don't have a space for it. But they do glow in the dark too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god, I would love to get my. Could you imagine how much those? I can't even talk about it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> they are gonna be in my music room for a long time. That's super cool. Yeah, that's the perfect place for them. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, you know where what time it is. Um, ham, ha, hammer time. Yeah. Well, you you know where we both grew up. Yeah. What, the the town? Yeah. We both grew up in? Mm-hmm. Well, that's in Florida. That is Boca Raton, Florida. Mm-hmm. And there's some news from Boca Raton, Florida. All right, what'd I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Jean-Jacques the Cock. Oh, my God. Do, have you heard this story No, yet? I have not. Well, I had found another story, and then <laughs> as I scrolled by, I found this one. I'm like, oh... <laughs> Jean-Jacques the Cock, uh, and I'm trying to be not overly political here, but he is a <laughs> former political operative, uh, And but he decided to, and I'm going to say this with with finger quotes, he decided to quit the political world, uh, which is not actually true because everything he says is political too. But uh, And instead of being in politics, where he did stuff for uh, Project Veritas, Veritas meaning truth, uh-huh. yes. Yet an organization where multiple people as part of it have actually literally been in prison for lying. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. But he decided to quit all of that stuff. And instead, now he posts videos on Pornhub of himself uh, masturbating and having sex with uh, that little vagina stick thing. Is it like a – I don't know. It, it, I think it's called a fleshlight. Ah. Which uh, – we are now being sponsored by. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's actually how uh, uh, Joe Rogan got his start. He was he accepted uh, advertisements from Fleshlight, and that's how he was able to build his empire. So we will be more than happy to I, advertise I'm, that. Whatever, sure. Yeah. Let's. Uh, anyway, I'm down. Uh, so he does have his own Pornhub channel uh, called Jean Jacques the Cock. Uh, his real name is Patrice Thibodeau. Uh, he was. Arrested for vandalizing a car in the area of 1200 Northeast 5th Avenue in Boca Raton. When police responded to the scene, Thibodeau, also known as Jean-Jacques, allegedly had a performance issue. But He just wouldn't come with officers. Zing. <laughs> that is actually the story, by the way, from the Boca Raton News. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he lives on... Uh, Northeast Spanish Trail, which I'm not sure where that is, but it, I think I've driven by the place where he lives because it, it's one of those places, I think, on A1A 
that has like the those parking garages with like the green uh, metal roofs outside. <laughs> which like you you know which ones I'm talking about. You can kind of see them from a one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Uh, he was arrested, uh, charged with resisting an officer with violence, property damage, criminal criminal mischiefs over two hundred dollars, but under a thousand, and resisting an officer without violence. Uh, we are sharing his, this from the article. We're sharing his public account where he promotes, uh, and this is not a joke, the penalizer, which is his, like, and one of his videos. I guess it's something he's trying to sell or something. Um, <laughs> okay. And, uh, he, uh, you know, they haven't said why he was mad or what he was doing. Uh, he, of course, if you, I, I did take, I took the bullet here, people. Uh, this guy does look like a complete and utter douche canoe. He is always posting his weird old man body. Um, <laughs> like those pictures where someone will like hold the camera up really high and like look down. Uh, if you go to – if you try seek out his Twitter account, you will see him naked. So I suggest not because I saw a lot of Jean-Jacques. M- more than, more like, than you significant. care. <laughs> no, yeah, like – as my child was doing his math homework on the other side of the room, I was looking at my phone going, oh, no, okay. <laughs> just, you know, just for you people, I was doing research. Um, but, uh, yeah, he uh, – but what's funny is he already has the pinned story at the top of his page saying, like, you know, the man is after him and people just don't want him to be successful. I'm like, yeah, people just don't want you to, to do shit to their car because you're mad at them. That's what people don't want you to do. Like – None of your 79 followers <laughs> are tr- are trying to hold you down and keep you from masturbating on the internet. Um, People are so weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. I also don't know how that's, like, enough of a job to, like, pay for an apartment. I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I really don't know. But maybe he's already got money from his previous Project Veritas gig. Yeah, true. Uh, who knows? You know, people have weird sources of income sometimes. And and, and where you described that he lives, it's not cheap. Yeah, it's like, I'm done working. I'm just going to beat off on the internet. <laughs> like, we all have different like, He doesn't goals. have any, like, major job anymore if that's what he's doing. Because it's not like he's hiding himself. That's true. <laughs> it's trying, he's trying to be anonymous. <laughs> With, like, a, in a working at a think tank or something somewhere. Yeah, right. So, you are our, definitely our Florida Man of the Week. Oh, my God. That's so bizarre. Yeah. So, uh, well, I guess it's it's time to talk about uh, Patreon. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think probably... All right, let's put it this way. Greg, if I said to you... You could have a great time anytime you wanted for the low, low price of $5 a month. What would you say? What, what, what would I say? Yeah, what would you say to me saying that to you? Hey, 5 bucks a month. Great time at all hours of the day or night. Great group of people that you can chat with and whatever. I'm trying. I, I was going to say something, but I can't. Okay. Because uh, yeah, he's not here to defend himself. Ah, I got it. Got it. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd pay that. I was going to make a mom joke, but, you know, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> That's fair. No, you did the yeah. right thing. You did the right thing. I did. See, I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
<clears throat> no, I mean, yeah, I, I'd buy that for a dollar or five or five. dollars. Well, yeah. for five, you can get invited to our Discord chat Ooh. where um, the hijinks go on 24-7. Or That's usually my fault because I don't sleep. You don't. You really don't. It's I, I worry about you, actually, sometimes <laughs> with your sleeping. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, Greg pretty much handles the <laughs> sundown to sunrise shift. Yeah. <laughs> But there's always something fun going on in there. We've got um, different rooms like Rob and Greg's toy room. Uh, we got Omar's music cave. We have the general where we uh, we all just interact, talk, chat. There's always something fun going on in there. Um, you get early access to the top five list. Um, we get to make a birthday episode about you. There's plenty of entertainment news that gets dropped in there. Plenty of entertainment news. I love Thanks making up. Ker- uh, Kerwin and Jubal's. That's true, yes. Um, one of my favorite things is the custom top five list mm-hmm. that we get to make up with anything that comes to our minds. And it'll be about you. Yeah, it's <laughs> good luck. Um, in the higher range, you can access show notes. You can curate an episode. You can join us uh, live. You want to go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. But please don't use the number five. You got to type out f-i-v-e yeah for example just an example of a uh give me five podcast if you want to find out that our patron scott uh his prized possession is a cast of chad kroger lead singer of nickelback's penis then now you know like that is one of his prized possessions that he didn't even know about until he got a top five list (laughs) matter of fact he's finding out about it right now as uh yeah and I can safely say that because he is very far away from me. <clears throat> and he is not within pummeling range. Oh, no, no, no. I don't. Now I think you've just given him an, an idea for the holidays. I'm not <laughs> Dear Santa, I'm not sure how you're going to procure this item, but I've decided that I need it. But that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very good. And I, next year I'd like to be very bad. <laughs> your problem is getting it. My, <laughs> forget it. Shut up, Omar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's, uh, I think heading down that path, we need to talk about, uh, uh I don't know, 8-Bit Christmas, I guess I can do that. Sure. Whatever. 8-Bit Christmas. This came out November 24th of 2021. This was something I watched with my whole family, uh, on, uh, on Thanksgiving evening or whatever. Uh, it is directed by Michael Douse, starring Winslow Fegley. He's a child actor. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, Steve Zahn, June Diane. It's not Raphael. It's, I believe it's Raphael. Okay. Uh, do you know her? Do you know of her? Mm, she is. Uh, her name doesn't ring a bell. No. She is uh, from How Did This Get Made. She is one of the podcast hosts on How Did This Get Made, as well as a very. Um, she's she's very very smart. I I like her reviews of movies. Uh, and she's married to uh, Paul. Uh, what's his face? Um, also from How Did This Get Made? But Paul Rudd. Um, no, no, Paul no. Paul McCartney. Sure. Paul no, the Wallace. guy with the the space between his teeth. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Sheer. Uh, Sh- Paul Sheer. 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 Yeah, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> uh. Anyway, uh, Judah and Raphael, uh, Bella Luna Resnick, and Sophia Reed Gansert. Uh. 
Synopsis. In 1980s Chicago, a 10-year-old sets out on a quest to get the Christmas gift of his generation, the latest and greatest video game system. Uh, this movie, did you watch this by any chance? I believe it is also an HBO Max thing, and it's also in the theaters. I saw um, a little bit of it. And uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, this this movie, so I was very excited to see it because I'm always a big fan of movies set in the 80s. I like Christmas movies. It really, it has the vibe of a lot of other movies. And a lot of people are complaining about the fact that it's kind of like a Christmas story set in the 80s. Like the Christmas story. Because it has elements of, you know, like the person telling a story about his past. The strict parents kind of thing. Um the kind of day-to-day leading up to Christmas, which we're kind of in right now. So it has a little bit of that. It has the Princess Bride person telling a story situation. It's got, um, you know, to me, there was, because we just watched it recently, there's a little bit of Babysitter's uh, Adventures of Babysitting because, it, you know, the taking place in Chicago, where which was very 80s to me, like, because everything seemed to take place in Chicago in the 80s because, well, <laughs> That's true. Because, of, because of Hughes, like, that's where he set most of his movies, and he was like the 80s teenage movie person. Or the suburbs of Chicago, at least. So it has a lot of that. Um, basically, it is a story. It, Neil Patrick Harris plays a dad with a uh, young daughter who's you know teenage, maybe, yeah, young teenager, like 13 or so, I think. And she wants a cell phone for Christmas, so this is set in the current times. And he's basically saying no, and then they go to, and they're staying at his parents' house. He goes into his room and finds his old Nintendo with a little box of video games, some of which I actually had. I could tell the Telltale stickers and, you know, it has like the Super Mario 3 yellow sticker and the Zelda gold sticker and all that stuff. Uh, and he's like, oh my god, it's my Nintendo. Let me tell you about this. And that basically leads through into the story. Uh, the story being Nintendo was the it gift. Uh, he decided that he you know, he, as a kid, it, he then, of course, becomes a kid because they're telling that story. He wants this Nintendo. Uh, it shows something I'm going to talk about in a moment. It shows him, like, there's, like, the, the bratty rich kid in the neighborhood who, like, is basically putting the kids against each other to, like, be like, who's going to get to come in and watch me play Nintendo? That kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like, all the kids are, like, standing in the front porch of the house. and That, that character he was kind of exaggerated it, that reminded me of an 80s movie yeah that was very uh, so, 80s oh, you saw that so you saw that part of it yeah yeah like that that's what that's why i said i would talk about it later because that was a little over the top like i really i did like the movie but i do think there was some stuff that was very exaggerated on purpose but i i don't think i think it needed like a, a like a scrubbing to smooth the rough ends to maybe take out some of the over the top stuff because of the ending. Um, so I, you didn't get to the ending, no. right? Okay, so I will... I'm going to probably have to spoil the ending eventually, but I'll let you guys know. <clears throat> um, so basically, the, the kid really wants a Nintendo. He does a bunch of things to try to get the Nintendo, including like trying to win this competition. And I and right as he, he like goes and sells a bunch of something... Uh, I forget what it was, wreaths or magazine things. I don't know. I watched this on Thanksgiving. It's been a while. He went. He ends up winning the competition, and he wants the Nintendo. But like his parents find out that something that like 
someone freaked out over a Nintendo or some kid like had something happen, so they like get they get the prize changed. So he, the kid no longer gets a Nintendo, so he's all pissed off that he did all this work for it for it. And it's all like the the parents versus the kids, like the video game scare. But like, I don't remember it being that intense. Like, do you remember anyone's parents being like, "No, you can't have a Nintendo because it's going to rot your brain." No, everybody yeah. that I knew had one. Yeah, I, like know. especially at this time period, I think the only thing that I that I remember because my dad was actually like a buyer for like uh, for a clothing company, but it was one of those that had like it was called Scoop, and it had like one of those things in it had toys and stuff. It was actually the first company in America to sell Swatch watches and guest jeans. Really? Yeah, it was in in Pittsburgh. They had bright red hangers, which if you remember. Mr. Rogers used to always take a sweater off and hang it on a bright red sweater. Scoop was set in Pittsburgh. Oh. That hanger that Mr. Rogers was filmed in Pittsburgh, that hanger came from my – it wasn't my dad's store, but the store he worked for. Interesting. Yeah. The red um, – oh, that's funny. So, like, he had gone to a buyer's convention in 85, 86 or whatever and told me about this video game system. But everyone had just gotten burnt by the Atari where they all had these systems that they stopped making games for and – it was considered video games were considered dead. So, is that what happened I'd, with the Atari, whatever it was, fifty two hundred or whatever it was called? Whatever the early Atari was, the ET game killed it. Basically, oh, that's right. That's right. Well, the first one was twenty six hundred. Yeah, and then I, I think so. the second one was, I think I think it was fifty two hundred. I don't remember, but that's true. The ET thing, yeah, that was a so basically killed problem. it. So all these people were like, well, and and my father being you know cheap and an accountant was kind of like. <laughs> I heard saw this new video game system, and I was like, "Yeah, I heard about it." And he's like, "Yeah, but you know, it happened back when I bought. I had all these record albums, and now they're selling tapes. <laughs> and you have this Atari over here that's just collecting dust now. So I don't think this Nintendo thing is going to stick." And he was wrong on that. So that was kind of the only time I really heard it. But uh, the the so there was a lot of overblown stuff like that, but. There were some really cute little sequences where the kids are trying to get this Nintendo. Um, the, and then it gets to the point where you think the kid gets one, and then, you know, they, of course, you have to be reminded every so often that he's telling a story to his daughter. Uh, and you find out where the Nintendo came from. And dur- during this, Steve Zahn, who I've always liked. Like, Me I've, too. Always been I've a fan. always... There was a couple movies he was in in the the mid to late mid to early nineties that I really really enjoyed, and then I really kind of lost track of him. Um, he plays the father, and there is a, a reveal. So here's your spoiler alert. Uh, there's a reveal that during this particular Christmas in the eighties, the the father had been non-existent because he was building a giant tree house in the back. So this kid was supposed to do his chores, and the dad kept on saying, yeah, you can clean up the poop in the yard. It was like this frozen dog poop everywhere. He's like, but don't – you don't have to worry about cleaning it up behind the shed. Well, it turns out that he was making this kid like the world's best treehouse the whole Christmas as a Christmas gift. Oh, that's cool. And like – so it was very sweet. It was one of those like you don't want to be inside playing video games. Why don't you play and make your own fun in this fort? So there's that, and then – the kicker, and here's your other spoiler alert, um, is they go downstairs for dinner, and the dad's place at the table is empty. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh, damn. And it was like, you know, he was 
they were talking about what he learned from that summer. He's like, you know, basically how he got the thing. And it was like from someone who has actually lost his father. And like on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, I was like watching this and it was this fun eighties movie. Then it hits you with that. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I like, I, I tend to watch TV laying on the floor. I always have, I have like a big pillow and my kids next to me and, and watching this. And I'm like, I had that thing where you like trying not to cry and you like your throat actually hurts like the yep. muscles. Mm -hmm. You're all tensed. I'm like, fuck. Yep. So I like, you know, after the the credits were rolling, I kind of went back to the kitchen. It was like, <laughs> my wife was nicely met me in there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I very much liked it. People were complaining about it, but I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was well done. It's based on a book um, by Kevin Jakubowski, which um, it's called Ape, the book's called Ape at Christmas. Um, it is uneven, but very, very sweet. I would like to say I'm going to watch it again, but I don't know if I can take the kick in the nuts at the end. Sure. Again. But, um, yeah. And I think uh, there's just enough 80s without it being every reference being the 80s, which is nice. Like, yeah, I'll play Nintendo as soon as I'm done watching this Dire Straits video. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like so the sister doesn't come in the room dressed in like Madonna clothes or anything like that. It's is, it's pretty legit. This is dire street. <laughs> Money for nothing, right, kids? Yeah. Like, am I right? Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. Video on the MTV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um. You know why you can't have a Nintendo son? Reaganomics. Reagan. Oh, God. That's Reaganomics. Like, it's none of that. It's not. Jeez. Because, because the bond market crashed. Yeah, exactly. Your dad's job was shipped off to Japan. <laughs> but don't worry about South Korea. They'll never catch up. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely didn't have that much. It wasn't that 80s, but it did have enough 80s to where it was like, uh, I remember that. Fuck you, Gorbachev. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I So I tried to watch the movie. Like, I started watching it. And uh, it was it, it's cute. Like, there's no issues. I, I just... <sighs> unpopular opinion over here. Usually what I find to be an unpopular opinion... I'm not a fan of Neil Patrick Harris. Like, I had to stop watching. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't. Wow. I'm sorry. I, 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 that's, <laughs> I know. I know that seems, I don't know what it is about When, when I tell you that my wife will kill you for that uh, sentiment. I just can't. I am not exaggerating. <laughs> All right. If I ever need to go North Florida, I'll just go by Tampa. <laughs> I'll avoid. <laughs> I, I just, we'll just hope that she isn't listening to this particular I'll avoid episode. Central Florida. Um, like she, she actually dragged me to Neil Patrick Harris reading the Christmas story at Epcot because it was Neil Patrick Harris. Really? Yeah. That's oh, she's so funny. I was a big, big fan. She the, the, all week actually. She's been watching uh, a bootlegged version of uh, uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch with Neil Patrick Harris playing Hedwig, like. Like, someone recorded it on their cell phone at, uh, at, a, Broadway, at a show, like, yeah. years ago, and she's been watching it. That's crazy. That's with, like, really terrible funny. echoey audio and stuff. Doesn't matter. He's that good. Yeah. Also, she hates you now. <laughs> well, I, I was always a, like, I was a Doogie Howser fan. I thought that was good. Um, 
but I don't know. He just, I literally, I had to stop watching. I, I, I've heard he's an action. I, well, back in the day when he was in Doogie Hauser, a friend of, of mine uh, was, he was a really good skier and he got to, he was supposed to help at like one of those celebrity skiing tournament kind of things. Right. When, so they were about the same age at the time, like 13, 14, whatever. Right. And apparently he was a huge dick. Well, if as a kid, who knows? Maybe he's grown. Hopefully, yeah. he's changed. You know, I don't know anything about him personally. I don't. It's not a. It's not a personal thing. I just something about him on screen. He just. I don't know. Interesting. I I, I really just I had just stopped. I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> wow. I feel bad. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I have no issues. I don't know why. I I don't. I could not tell you what it is. I never watched How I Met Your Mother. It wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really either. But I, I had to stop watching movie, <laughs> and I want to see it. Like I think I'm going to try it again. I think I'm being unreasonable, and I understand that. But uh, you do like the the uh, Neil Patrick Harris cut where he's not like just cut out all the parts. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not in it a lot. The, actually, it's yeah. mostly the kids after a certain point. It's the Zack Snyder the edit. It'll be yeah, in black and yeah. white. It's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. a weird. Uh, a weird uh, picture ratio on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a three-pixel wide three rectangle. Pixel. <laughs> you have to watch it through a brandy glass. <laughs> oh, there you go. I was talking to some friends at work the other day, and we were like, um, remember when a camera was like a megapixel and it was the coolest thing in the world? This right. one has three megapixels? What? <laughs> and now, And now my phone has like, a gajillion megapixels or whatever. Right. That's so funny. Um, Agree. Well. So, so now it takes us to our our new show. Or our new season of an old show. Yes. Bring the pain. I, um, I, you're a fan of the show, right? I am. We've Yeah, we've discussed this. I'm I a so. big fan of the show. Yeah. I, it is one of those shows. It's, it is so well made. That it's one of those shows that I can put on a second monitor, and even if it gets covered up, I they have very distinct voices, so it plays just as good as a visual show you watch as it does a, like a radio drama. That's true. Like I I watch it on Hulu at work, um, so well when I actually was at work, um, I would watch that a lot and let five six episodes go a day until I started feeling like a bad person. <laughs> Until like I started, you know, treating coworkers poorly. They started seeping into your subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Where, uh, but yeah. So like I said, I'm on. I said this earlier. I'm on episodes or season six. It's some like halfway through or something. So I've got nine or whatever more episode seasons to go. Right. Well, this, I got to catch up. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, um, season one, episode one, came out on um, August fourth. 2005 like think about that that's incredible like that's unbelievable um season 15 episode one just released um december 1st uh they are three they are four episodes in now uh, uh for this season um so we're talking about always it's always sunny in philadelphia it's on fxx and fx on hulu which is where i watch it um, it stars Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton, Rob McElhaney, um, Caitlin Olsen, and then Danny DeVito came on in the second season. 
and just upped it even more. Um, it is as of November, as of as of May of 2020. It is now going. It's been renewed for a 15th season. Um, it's the longest running live action comedy series in American television history, replacing The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, which was 14 seasons. This was just picked up for it was when it end when season 14 ended, it got picked up for four more seasons. So it's going to run through season 18, which is unbelievable. Um, and like I said, the season 15 just premiered. Um, the so we're halfway. This season is going to only be four episodes. Um, episodes five and six are actually coming out on December fifteenth. It's it, it seems that they're releasing two episodes at a time. Um, episodes five and six they go to this is no spoiler because it's all over the place. Um, they go to uh, Ireland, like they're going to go on a little trip. Um, this season has been very interesting. One thing I like about this show is it, it is changing as time goes on and they are addressing, like they do a lot of, you know, stuff that's out there in the world kind of like kind of, uh, they, they bring that into their show. Uh, this season so far has been really interesting. So episode one is called 2020, a year in review. And they insert, basically the gang is responsible for three major things that happened in 2020. So the one that I'll, I'll kind of give away, because they're all kind of like this. Um, in, in 2020, Frank, played by Danny DeVito, comes up with this idea to make this like real good hair dye. And he ends up using, I think he said Chinese motor oil. With this concoction of other stuff. Uh, at one point, he gets... the. It's filmed very well. They show this, like, supposed bigwig sit down in his chair and get the, uh, the hair dye done. And it turns out it's Giuliani. And it's Frank's... Frank is the reason that Giuliani did that press conference where the dye was running down his face. <laughs> and it was because of Frank's... It was because of... <laughs> I didn't realize that. Because of, yeah. But all, there's three little different vignettes that go on in that episode. And they're all like that, where they, this thing that they're doing ends up being something major in the news. So the the one that I'll spoil a little bit is that Frank, <laughs> Frank does the, the hair dye for Giuliani when it, when it like, when it's like running down a space. Um, that's pretty good. Season 15, episode 2, Gang Makes Lethal Weapon 7. If you've been following it, they've done Lethal Weapon... They made Lethal Weapon 5, 4, 5, and 6. Or I think 5 and 6, and now it's number 7. And it's interesting because they get a little bit political about it, um, about some of the stuff that... I'm not going to get into it because I, if, if I want you to watch it. I don't want to spoil it. But they got into a little bit of hot water about some of the stuff in, the, in their other Lethal Weapon remakes. So they literally just directly address it in this episode. Um, episode three, the gang buys a roller rink. It's actually their background. It goes back to 1998, and it tells you how each character became kind of how they are now. Um, like Sweet D used to be a really sweet person until something happened. So I'm not going to get into that. And then episode four, the gang replaces D with a monkey. Literally, they get a, they hire a monkey. 
um, to do Dee's work, and the monkeys like turns out to be really good at like pouring beers and stuff. Um, I found out while I was researching for this season, um, that's the most expensive episode that they've ever done because the monkey, the monkey's in it a, a good amount now that I realize. Not a lot of airtime, but but now that I know this, it's kind of impressive. The monkey is completely digital. The, really? Yeah. It it literally goes up to like the bar with a a, a a mug and like is pouring beers. But it looks it literally I was actually wondering during like while I was watching it, how the hell they made it look like that. Like I mm. before I knew that it was completely digital. I just found that out after I saw the episode. Apparently, um I guess Disney and F I guess Disney owns FX or something, because the Disney was was yeah, they they when that's how they ended up with the Simpsons and FX. Got it. Okay, um, that makes sense. They own Hulu. They own Hulu because Hulu is a subsidiary of CBS, I think, or ABC. Got it. That makes sense if FX if, if there's FX on Hulu because they're all related. Um, mm-hmm. Well, apparently a year ago or so, two years ago, Disney part they they instituted a new um, rule. They're not going to use live primates anymore when filming. Uh. So when, unbeknownst to the Always Sunny gang, they wrote this episode, and then they found out that they can't. I had to institute that that rule with Rob, too, because he was doing some things that I'm not proud of. He knows better. With live primates. (laughs) We actually were trying to replace replace people with a helper monkey for a while, but we also had to institute the no primate rule, and so we hired a Romanian (laughs) instead. Well, we work for really anything. Food scraps, yeah. what have you. Yeah. That's fine. Pats on the back yeah. and platitudes. <laughs> that's all I need. All I need is an inspirational quote with like a cat that says, hang in there. I'm good yeah, to go. Yeah. Send you a poster every once in a while. Yeah, on. perfect. Coffee mug. <laughs> like, you sucked less today than yesterday. Yay. <laughs> that's how you know I'm making it. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, so that's quick recap of the season's. Of these episodes in this season, but um, it, you know it's weird. It's it continues to be a great show. Obviously, not every episode is as good as you know. Some of them are better than others. Um, I'm interested to know what people think because this show has changed a fair amount. In a way, I don't know. It's hard to say with them because they they do so much interesting stuff. They they do so many like odd things where they'll like. They sort of play with the rules of what a TV show should be. And sometimes the stuff that I, I can't tell if they're trying to be woke or if they're trying to make fun of what well, I can't because <laughs> they can be so meta. But it's always interesting and it's always entertaining. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad this show is continuing. I was fascinated with this show when it first came out because there was a, a couple other shows very similar to this. And all of them had this feel like they were – a group of friends that got their hands on a camera and decided to just film somewhere. Uh, this one stood out to me, and it really felt like it was so legitimately shot and done in Philadelphia that, like, when you started seeing these guys in other... Obviously, Danny DeVito we knew, but when you started seeing these guys in other projects, you were like, shit, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. And... I was very impressed that it had legs because, some, you know, Charlie Day became pretty big. Uh, Rob McElhenney had, had another show. I think it was actually just canceled. 
um, you know, all of them have been yeah. in other things, but it's still like this is the, I'll say the gang, but the gang hanging out and having their fun. And they can convince someone who's a very well-known actor to do some very crazy stuff, like Danny DeVito. Yeah, I heard once in an interview with uh, Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis. I think it was him. And he said that <laughs> sometimes they would write just crazy shit in an episode like that they really never had an intention of filming and and like put Danny DeVito <laughs> like stuff that was going to happen to Danny DeVito's character just to see how far <laughs> they could push him before he had to call his manager to like sort it out. And he gave an example of, <laughs> and he gave an example of one of them where like DeVito ends up in prison and like all this stuff happens. <laughs> And DeVito was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the genius of the show, though, is like one of my favorite episodes is it's in somewhere around where you are right now, like season six. I think it's maybe even season three or four. It's called Charlie Goes America all over everyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode is <clears throat> you the gang, as usual, ends up in like two different sides of, of a debate, you know? Mm-hmm. And as usual, they both learn how their extreme view is not wrong, is not right. Like, there's there's a point where it's too far. And this mm-hmm. episode is just, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's it's brilliant because it really does bring these two opposing viewpoints that, like, and I'm trying not to get too into it because I don't want to give anything away. But these two opposing viewpoints of like this one is about like what freedom is, like what what's freedom and how much is too much freedom, and it's it's great. I mean, it's so good and it's very tongue in cheek. And they're and they're they are their usual dumbass selves, you know. And but they make their point in a really really interesting way. I think your your inability to say you know, is it woke? Is it not woke? Is it making fun of it? Is it whatever? First of all, they are all very very liberal. I follow all of them. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I know. Yeah, on, on Twitter, but I don't think the show is. I think the show is these are who those characters are, and we're going to have these characters act how they would act in real life, and we're just playing a character. Just like if a heavy metal musician sings about killing somebody, they're not really a murderer. They're taking like the viewpoint of what a murderer would be. Or if, you know, if a character plays a, you know, a villain or a terrorist, they're not really a terrorist. Uh, except for, uh, what's it? Uh, I forgot his name. I was going to make. Neil Patrick Harris. Random... Yeah, except for Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, what he is, actually. <laughs> I'm never allowed in he your home is... again. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not. Um, but I think that's kind of where it is. They just, they write for the show and... But I think the way no one tells them not to push it because they they always bring it back. But I think the way that they do it is they they do a good job of showing two opposing viewpoints, and then they and they do a good job of showing how there's good there's good points on both, and there's and there's extremes that are too much on both. Like they do one with like the gun de- the gun debate, like sort of Second Amendment episode, where the two opposing camps, like out of the out of the team, out of the gang, they they actually basically end up switching by the end of the episode. <laughs> like it's you know because like so much shit happens to them. It's it's well done, and I it's, it's also one of those shows too that like 
you can watch it. We can talk about it, obviously, but you wouldn't go into work and be like, oh, man, there was this episode on racism last night, and this is what happened, and you're, yeah, you're getting called to HR. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love that. It's so good. It's such a great show. Yeah. So and every I think everyone on the show means well too. Like you, you hear some stories about these the actors involved, and they're all seem like they're really great people. Yeah, that's true. The guy that plays the priest, they torture him so much on that show. But he actually has a very high profile role in Mythic Quest, which is like the other show by the same team. And he, I, it took me a long time to realize it was the same actor. He's yeah. Um, he plays uh, cricket. Yeah, he's a uh, he's one of the producers or something like that of the show. Like he's a high, he's high up like in the show. Yeah, he's great. He's a great character. He's such a great character. And what the the blonde, the blonde blonde girl, not D, but the other one, the one that was like an ex girlfriend or something, who's like really pretty. The one that Charlie's in love with, but won't talk. She won't talk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The waitress. And yeah, yeah, but she's like actually married to one of them. To Charlie. Yeah, it, which is so funny. in the show she won't even talk to him. But they're they're married in real life, yeah. They're like they're a couple. It's got to be great. Yeah. They're filming those scenes, and like, yeah. And he's like, that's funny. It's a great. It it was a great show. I I loved it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, I gotta get catch up. To, well, it's gonna be a while before I catch up. But yeah, because the uh, the around where you are, each season is around I don't know a dozen episodes or so, maybe fifteen, yeah. thirty six minutes each. About yeah. No, they should be half hour. They should be the. The regular half hour, um, well, no, 23 minutes or whatever because of commercials. It should be. That's what they should be because they usually play on FX with commercials. But um, so you have a lot. Yeah, you have a lot to catch up on. And part of that is because every Christmas season since streaming became a thing. So this is obviously not that recent of a tradition. Mm-hmm. We are closing out the episode here. Mm-hmm. And as this is a side A episode, we usually don't do this, but um, we're gonna we're doing some changing up of things just for the holiday season, and because uh, certain co-hosts are away at the moment, cruising and sending us pictures of themselves on a beach. I believe the uh, thong was a little uh, unnecessary. It was a little bit. We know he was on the beach. There was a little more material than I would have liked, but fine. Yeah, yeah. His, all of his pictures that he's been sending us through the chat is uh, they look like Corona commercials. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> and that's not just because he was only wearing a lime. Again, too but, much material, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll just it's a single lime wedge, and it covered so much. I'll wait till Christmas, like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are going so to do a, one of our. <laughs> uh, we are going to do a top five list. Uh, about uh, some holiday specials, some Christmas specials, because I very much enjoy, since streaming came around, going back and watching some of these Christmas specials from various TV shows. Uh, it's, you know, every night I was kind of picking a bunch, and there was some, like, I didn't watch a lot of TV in the, the 90s. I didn't have a TV for most for some of the 90s, like when I was in college and I just graduated. Um, so I missed Friends, you know, things like that. Um, so it's nice to go back and be able to watch some of these specials. So my question was, and we've done this similar question before, like what are the best holiday TV specials? But there's a big difference between best and ones that you absolutely think that people should watch. You know, like there's – you can look at a list of like all the shows from The Office, for example, and someone will be like, this is the best one, but most people like watching this one better. Right, Sometimes right, right. best is exhausting. So we're kind of changing it up just a little bit. Also, it's been about three years since we've done that. New host. 
uh, new listeners. So we're going to try to create a little bit of a list here of things that you might want to watch for, for the holidays on TV. Um, and we got a uh, one from uh, our patron of unusual size, Alec, mm-hmm. which I am going to play first, I think. Please. Hey, give me five podcasts. It's Alec uh, for the top five Christmas themed episodes. I, I assume we mean actual running TV shows uh, past and present as opposed to like a Christmas special. So I didn't put like Charlie Brown Christmas or anything like that. Um, anyway, here we go. Honorable mention, uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, Homicide, Life on the Street, had an episode that kind of revolved around uh, supposedly dead Santa Claus. Not the actual Santa Claus, obviously, but somebody who worked at Santa Claus. Um, Another TV show that I really loved back when I was younger, Scrubs, their first season had an episode of my own personal, I think it was called My Own Personal Jesus, that was pretty good. And Modern Family actually had a great first season Christmas episode, I think, called Undeck the Halls. So now to the top five. Number five is one that I forgot was Christmas themed until I did a little research, but I had to put it in there, it's Lost, and it was the episode uh, The Constant. Number four is The Office, that was a Christmas party from season two. Number three... Uh, from my youth, South Park, the Mr. Hinky episode, the first one. I just think that was a classic at the time. I don't watch the show anymore, but I thought that mm. was great. Another show I don't watch anymore, but I always remember was The Simpsons' uh, first uh, season, The Simpsons Roast on Open Fire. It's where they uh, get Santa's a little helper. And then number one is my favorite TV show of all time, The Wire. My favorite season of The Wire, season four. And it's a season finale called Final Grade that wraps up around the holidays and kind of puts everything together very nicely so um that's my list hope you like it thanks bye i do like his list but that final episode of the wire season four is uh painful and sad and depressing i don't i and i saw the wire i don't remember that episode uh, kid walking into the alleyway with that, that one fenced off alleyway where all the drug addicts are i think i know you I, I'm gonna go back and watch the, it. The the kid that was almost adopted. Yeah, see, I'm ruining the wire for people. Yeah, yeah. You let's st- stop watch. there. Um, I'm gonna yeah. go back and 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 watch it. it. It's been years. It's a kick in the nuts. Uh, and I after it ended, I let the credits roll all the way through. I just sat there with my mouth agape. Yeah, uh, every wire episode's like that. <laughs> every episode, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> there, none of them. You just get up and go. Okay, move on with my day. No, that's not how the wire yeah. works. <laughs> yeah correct i won't say much more I, I might have actually been wrong every time i mention the wire on the show um alec is quick to point out and he's accurate i'm not this is not a complaint he, that i have screwed up something because when i watched all of the wire straight through i had a major flu um so at least two of the seasons i had it over 100 temperature when i was watching it so it's a little bit of a blur but right, right. anyway yep so I'm i'm gonna go now and I'm going to actually uh, maybe drop a couple to honorable mention because they were mentioned. Uh, the Office Christmas Party was mentioned, and that was on my, that was on my list. Um, so I'm going to drop that one and switch it to a Benihana Christmas from The Office. That is for <laughs> season three. Um, uh, as, so Office Christmas Party became an honorable mention, and uh, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire was on there too. And that's that'll drop that to an honorable mention, so we can get as many of okay. these things in here as possible. So if you guys want like a, a watching extravaganza, you can do that and invite us to your house to watch with you. Um, so my number five, uh, community from Community, 
Hobbit's Uncontrollable Christmas. I believe that is the uh, the yes. claymation episode. That one is also difficult. Season two. It was season two, episode eleven, where you realize you think it's a kind of a fun episode, then you realize mm-hmm. it's a bit of a mental break. Uh, I'm gonna go with so that was uh, number five, number four. I think I took too many out. <laughs> number four, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, uh, it's gonna have to apparently be the Simpsons. Simpsons roasting on an open fire because I took out too many other things. Took out too many. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's very good, and it was it was my number four anyway. Um. Uh, number three will be It's a Very Sunny Christmas, the yep. Lamborghini episode, which is hilarious, and I watched it again today while I was doing the notes for this episode. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Friends, the Holiday Armadillo, which is was ridiculous. It was a little bit over the top. Um, it was one of those things that kind of made it into like the zeitgeist around the time when I wasn't even watching Friends, but I knew what it was. I knew the deal for it, but going back and watching it, I do kind of understand like him wanting his kid to understand about Hanukkah as a father who wanted my kid to understand Hanukkah. Um, so that would be my yes. number what, three, uh, number two. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was number two. That oh, that's right. Very yeah. sunny yeah. Christmas was number three, but my, my number one and Jubal's in the chat rooms, number one, uh, fe- the Festivus mm-hmm. episode of Seinfeld, which is a surprise to me because that was actually from season nine, which was the last season of Seinfeld episode 10. So that all of that geniusness and that episode has a lot of big things in it a lot of famous stuff um it's uh, the episode is called the strike season nine episode 10 uh it's got the festivus whole thing the the have got a lot of problems with you people stuff it's got the all the bagel shop stuff with uh kramer being like i wouldn't want you to know i was unemployed that's embarrassing like that whole thing uh it's got the denim guy and the two-faced girl that looks bad in different light which is something that's like carried on forever like people still talk that's about all that. in the one episode uh wow all the one episode and it has uh, the denim guy who was the guy from kids in the hall um kevin something you know trying to get elaine's phone number it's got the elaine like giving the the phone number out of the bookie down the street and and like that whole situation where like oh elaine bennis is here you have a lot of guy friends calling for you you know, whatever, Steve, or whatever his name is, is a guy. I'm a guy, or I'm a man, <laughs> like, like hitting on her, and she's like, uh. It has all of that stuff in it, and it's just great. Okay. So, all right. that's my number one. Um, Take well, us home. <clears throat> I also didn't, uh, just like Alex said, I didn't, uh, I didn't do anything like, you know, um, Charlie Brown. Christmas specials or anything like that, which the first thing I th- I thought of was the Charlie Brown one. Um, so I want to mention that I very literally today just saw this. Um, if you go to Adult Swim, there's a whole Rick and Morty section, and there's something called Rick and Morty Yule Log, and it's a half an hour. <laughs> it's a half an hour of the two of them. All you see is their the back of their heads sitting in these big comfy chairs with Christmas trees on either side, like one for each of them, with a roaring fire in front of them with a Yule log and like and 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 a uh, <laughs> a uh, like a mantle with a with a menorah on it with all the, all lit up. And then above that, there's a video of a Yule log. And then above that, there's a TV screen and they're watching interdimensional cable. <laughs> 
And that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I just saw I'm it today. Watch that. It's great. I watched like five minutes of it. Um, so that's on. Check that out because it's it's worth it. It's just like a fun little whatever. Um, I had to throw in a very sunny Christmas as well because, you know, it's always sunny. So that's my number five. Some of my favorite episodes ever are always sunny episodes. But like if for Christmas, this one's going to be number five. Number four, um, 30 Rock, Luda Christmas. <laughs> the Luda Christmas episode. Yes. Which is really good. Uh, number three, I'm going to do kind of a tie. If that's okay. I know it's a little bit of cheating. Um, the Friends Holiday Armadillo and the Christmas Party from The Office. Those are just both classic. They're, they're fantastic. The Friends yes. also had a lot of really good uh, like holiday episodes. Like the one where um, the colleague at work eats Ross's turkey sandwich after Thanksgiving. And like he puts it in the fridge and the colleague ate it and... and and Ross finds out he only ate like half of it because it was too big and he threw the rest away. So he's like freaking out and then he has to go to like... Anyway, the really good... There's other really good holiday episodes. Yes. Um, For my last two, I'm not sure which one I want to do number one. So my last two are both number ones in any order. Is that fair? Um, Okay. I'll accept it. Oh, goddammit. You you made my baby Yoda fall I off the, the force is strong with this one. Um, I'm going to go with, for Bob's Burgers, any holiday episode, because they're all really good. Like, literally, they're all, to me, they all just crack me up. Especially the Thanksgiving ones, since Bob loves to, to cook, and he's always excited about Thanksgiving, and shit goes wrong. But one of the really good ones um, was when they're, they're for Christmas, they go, they go get a tree, and they're being chased by this truck. <laughs> and it's kind of... It's really good. Um, and my uh, the other number one the takes kind of a, a turn. Um, one of my favorite shows is The West Wing that came out. It started in 99, and I think um, it went for seven seasons. Season two, there was a Christmas ep- What? Huh? Watch all those, too. I got to watch it's, all those, too. It, the show is one. absolutely brilliant. It's fantastic. Um, you saw season one. Okay. Well, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler, but it's a really good episode. At the, the end of season one ends with a cliffhanger where somebody's trying to assassinate President Bartlett. And you know by the end of season one that Josh, um, one of the main characters, is really, really badly hurt. Well, season two, by the time they get to um, Noel, which is the Christmas episode, he's in therapy for PTSD. So the whole episode, it's... All this happy, sunny stuff going on in the White House with, like, these carolers and music, like, by whomever, like, trumpet music, and it's, like, beautiful. And the whole time Josh is in therapy with this with this shrink, and they're going back over his couple of last, like, few weeks and um, something that he did that was, like, kind of self-destructive. And it's just a – it's an absolutely brilliant episode. It's so It's so ridiculously well-written. I mean, it's just – it's unbelievable. It's, it's it's one of the best that West Wing has to offer, and that's that's saying a lot because that show is is magnificent, like just overall. So if you're looking for something a little more serious, that's a fantastic show, and that Noel episode is is, is amazing. Those those all those West Wing episodes yeah. are very well written, so good too. So I can only imagine it it will toe the line 
and not get overly sappy. Correct. And overly anything. That's exactly right. Excellent. Well, that, I think, takes us out. So we uh, hinted at perhaps a music episode last week. Uh, I think that is going to happen. And I think we're going to possibly, it's Thursday when we're recording. This episode will come out later tonight. Uh, but I think tomorrow we might get together and to. talk about some music. Uh, and um, it's going to be a free-form episode. Uh, it's going to have Factory. things like, well, yeah, we're going to uh, a, a four-hour like documentary <laughs> about the CNC Music Factory. It's a Martin Scorsese. You know, film. There's one thing I, <laughs> yeah, there's one thing that I, uh, I that you might not know, but um, I am a historian of the white Canadian rapper Snow, and I'm going to uh, talk in prose about him at length. Now we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're just it's gonna be very freeform, but we're gonna kind of each bring some things to the table. I think I'm gonna bring some of the year end music reviews to the table, um, some books that I've read recently. Um, I really want to talk at length about the 1971 documentary on Apple TV, which uh, is hard hitting and crazy impressive. I did not realize a lot of stuff that happened in that. Um, it is history. It is music. Uh, it is footage from recording sessions that I've read about for years, and I had no idea that they actually had footage of this stuff. So, yeah. Uh, if I ever can convince you to come up here and like us not go out and have fun. Uh, I would sit there and watch the entire like eight hours with you, just yeah. Yeah. on the couch. Like I'm game. So we'll get to that. But um, that's going to happen at some point in the very near future. Uh, tomorrow with some special guests, I believe. Yes, and I hope we have so that special guest because that. that'd be awesome. Yeah. And uh, you know, keep an eye out for that on the feed after this episode. And uh, as I always say, thank you for listening. Uh, you can contact us. Uh, it's the same thing all the time, but just check out our website, givemefivepodcast.com, and you can find out our information. And that's all you really need to know. And our socials. Google and Give Me Five Podcasts. You can find all our socials. Okay. Now Omar gets to um, say goodbye. Good and bye. To a time